Um, God, Jesus, this is for you. This is a testament to your goodness and your love in my life. Um, so give me the words to communicate. Um, your words, not mine. Help me articulate what you've been teaching me. Help me illustrate what you've been doing in my life. I pray that this would encourage people. I pray that it would inspire people to serve, not because serving in itself is good, um, but because you are good. All right, so my testimony, my story, um, kind of has three main key themes. One, God is good. One, God can use me. And three, God is pleased with me. Um, so I'll start with God is good. Um, for those of you who don't know me, um, I was born with a condition called multiple epiphyseal dysplasia. And what that is, is it's a joint condition where I'm in pain every day. Um, my joints were malformed. And so as a seven-year-old kid, I was brought into the doctors because I had a little limp. Um, and they did x-rays, and they're like, oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> You're seven-year-old. If, if we didn't know she was seven, we would have thought she was like 80 years old because she doesn't have ankles, really. <laughs> Her joints are really distorted, and we're going to have to do surgery. Um, and so as a little kid growing up, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not normal. I'm not broken. I'm not, I'm not fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and so I went to church. I grew up hearing those messages of, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you. God has a plan for you. But even as a young kid, I was like, but what if your plan has so much pain in it. What if, you're, what if you're in pain constantly at 10 years old? And what does that look like when you're 20 or when you're 30? Um, God, what kind of future will it look like if my pain only gets worse? Um, and God was really patient with me through that, through that whole process of really real conversations with God about my pain and about, um, about how he made me and how he created me. But that pain, uh, that physical pain soon kind of escalated into a very emotional pain of like fear of what the future held, fear of what that would look like for me for the rest of my life. Um, and so I got really scared and I was in pain constantly. Um, and everyone hits low points. <laughs> my low point came in college um, when I kind of just hit a point of just rock bottom. Um, and I knew I was at rock bottom because <laughs> I woke up one morning and I saw all these little red dots under my eyes. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't look good. <laughs> you should go to the doctor, Paige. Like, check that out. So I go to the doctor and I get into the office and I sit down and this really awkward old man comes in. <laughs> He's like, uh, are you feeling sad? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> thought that was pretty obvious. <laughs> like, I'm here, I'm like crying in front of you. Yes, I'm feeling sad. Sad is a good, a good emotion to sum this up. Um, he's like, you've been crying so much that you've, you've actually popped the blood vessels like that are <laughs> leading up to your eyes. And I was like, okay, that's a good, that's a good wake up call. Let's go get some help. <laughs> um, let's go find Jesus. Um, and so I'd grown up with Jesus, but I knew at that point that I needed more of him. Um, and so much of why I was running into that barrier was because I didn't believe God was good. I had this hard kind of realization of I was letting my pain stop me from getting to know God because I thought if God is good, how could he create someone to be in pain constantly? How could he do that? Um, and God dealt with that, that com confrontation. Um, and he sat with me in that pain. He validated it by coming alongside me and, and just listening to everything that I unloaded on him. Um, and God was always there. He was always right next to me, um, 
And there was one night in particular where this just became very real. Um, And that verse from Isaiah 41 where it says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I felt those words coming over me as God was kind of reassuring me, Paige, look, like I've got you. I'm there with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I counted on that. On my days when I had to wake up and use my crutches, it was like, no, God was right there. Like, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But it's not always easy to believe that, right? And I went through waves of, ah, but God, are you really good? He's like, yes, and I'm going to continue to be with you, and I'm going to continue to pursue you, and I'm going to continue to love you until you truly believe um, that I am good. And I did. There was a breaking point, and I was like, oh, yeah, God is good. God is what I need in this moment. God is what I need in this pain. He did not leave me alone in this. He's been here this whole time. And I do believe that my pain made Jesus sad. I think he came alongside and was real, and we wept together. I really do believe that. Um, And so I recognized, right, that it's easy to look back now and laugh because I know that everyone is kind of broken. I'm just a beautiful metaphor of the spiritual condition that everyone is born into. Um, But we all need Jesus. We're all broken. We all fall short. And so once I realized that, I couldn't get enough. Once I realized that God loved me and I could receive that because I knew that God was good, I went to Bible studies. I went probably to three Bible studies a week on average. Um, I went to church every Sunday. I love talking to people about Jesus. I was kind of that freak who was like... Do you know Jesus? Like, do you know him? And they're like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just sitting here with you in this class. Like, I'm just trying to learn biology. Uh, and I'm just, I was on fire. I just could not get enough of Jesus. Um, and then God opened the door for me to be a Bible study leader to freshmen in college at UC Davis. And I said yes to that invitation. Um, and I loved it. I loved it so much. It gave me so much joy because I felt like I was participating in God's story. I was leading freshman girls um, who were coming into UC Davis. I was helping guide them spiritually. I was helping mentor them. I was helping them to show Jesus to them. And um, God blessed that ministry. I saw people come to Christ. I saw transformation that was unbelievable. Um, And it was just a really incredible part of my life. So much so that I wanted to continue to do that after graduating college. So I ended, I finished college. Um, and I applied to go into full-time ministry. I applied to be a Bible study leader and get paid for it (laughs) instead of just volunteering. Um, And so I applied. I was so excited. I was confident that God was calling me into ministry, and so I was like, all right, we got this. God, let's let's continue being a part of your story. This is awesome. Um, And then I got a phone call that went a little bit like this. Hi, Paige. After reviewing your application, we don't think you're ready for this position. Your previous relationship wasn't reflective of a Christ-centered relationship, and we think there are deeper heart issues you need to address. What? (laughs) Am I unqualified to minister to other people? I've been doing that for the last three years. Have I been leading people astray? Have I not been faithful? Am I not good enough? I convinced myself that God couldn't use me. And if God couldn't use me, then how could he love me? 
how can you love someone who's useless to you? And so just like that, after four years of passionately pursuing a relationship with Jesus, I found myself alone. And that voice that sometimes enters your head started saying things like, see, I told you. I told you you aren't good enough. But now it's, now it's even worse because it's not just your broken body. They said you had heart issues. That's not good. It's your heart. See, I told you you're unlovable. You better run away. And so I did. I listened to those voices that were telling me, God can't use you. God doesn't love you. You're not, you're not capable of doing this. You're not capable. You're qual- not qualified of being a part of his story. Um, and so I stopped doing everything. I stopped leading. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped going to church. And I moved back to the Bay Area um, where it's not too hard to ignore Jesus. <laughs> And, <laughs> and yeah, and I realized in those moments that the devil doesn't waste his time with little things. He attacks things that matter, and that's your relationship with Jesus. Um, he wants to get in between you and Jesus, and he did this to me by convincing me that I was unworthy, that God wouldn't want someone um, who was a reject to be part of his story. I thought it was actually better for me to be to cut myself off from God's story and stop trying to do ministry and stop trying to tell other people about Jesus. Um, and he loved me despite all that. He opened that door and he entered my life again by whispering to me, Paige, no, I love you. Like, I love you. And I just wasn't ready. I couldn't receive it. I just felt so unlovable when I moved back here to the Bay. And I stumbled into... Um, sanctuary a couple times and it always seemed like they were like oh we need new volunteers for high schoolers and I was like oh no I can't do that I can't serve remember we were we were there we did that no God like that must be a mistake but the Holy Spirit was still working inside of me saying like no Paige I want you to do that I want you to serve those high schoolers I was like no 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 um And that happened several times until finally I was sitting in one of these rows um, and Allison Freshwaters turned to me as they were giving another pitch for leading high schoolers. She was like, Paige, God put it on my heart to lead a Bible study with these high schoolers. Will you do that with me? I was like, ugh. Okay. (laughs) I'll do it. (coughs) I'll do it. (laughs) Okay, God. Like, I'll do it. Um, And just incredible blessings flowed from that. Um, I met some incredible people. God put Greg and Sarah and Allison and all of HSN staff in my life, and they just loved me with a fierce love that kind of started taking me out of that place of, God can't love me. God can't use me. And they started to show me what it looked like to start receiving God's love again. And then God opened another door, and it was for teaching. And I remember sitting at my kitchen door, or kitchen door, kitchen table. We were sitting there. I was sitting there with my parents and it was November and I had just graduated and I really needed a job. Um, And so my parents are educators and they're like, let's, you can become a teacher. And I had promised myself I was not going to be a teacher. Everyone in my family was a teacher. I was not going to do it. Uh, And God was like, yeah, you are. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hate that. I hate when that happens because you're sitting there and everybody's laughing. My dad's like, oh, there's a position in East Palo Alto. They still haven't filled a teaching position. It's November. They must need somebody. And we all laughed and it was like, a <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> like, this, this is it. <laughs> like, this is what God has called me to do. And so I was like, fine, fine. I'll trust you. I'll trust you, even though I don't think this is like the right fit. Super unqualified. So I send this email. Hey, Cindy. This is Paige. <laughs> I have no teaching experience. I have no teaching credential. I don't really see myself as a teacher in the near future. If you are considering someone like this, please email me back <laughs> right away. This is kind of like the amount of faith that I always give God. And he's like... <sighs> I mean, I guess I'll work with that. And so Cindy sends me an email back within the next 30 minutes. Great. See you for a demo lesson on Thursday. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, no thanks. Um, but now it's too late. Okay, so I need to prepare a lesson. I prepare a lesson. I go, and I'm like, all right, God, I'm trusting you with this one. If this is what you want me to do, make it happen. Worst demo lesson ever. So I go into this um, demo lesson, and we're teaching math. I'm teaching math. on. I'm giving a lesson on absolute value. And um, it's a school in East Palo Alto, and a lot of the students are living below the poverty line. And I tell you this because my example for absolute value was inner tubing, right? So, okay, so here we are. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You're in the inner tube. You don't care if you're above the water or below the water. You just want to make sure that you're back at that zero. And some kid raises his hand. He's like, um, excuse me, what's inner tubing? I was like, shoot. You know, it's like when you go to your grandpa's lake and he takes his boat. God, <laughs> I'm standing there like, this is awful. And so then after they take you into a little room and debrief, and she's like, what do you think you could have done better next time? And I was like, yeah, I realized like that was totally the wrong metaphor. I could have used something else. Anyway, I leave and I'm like, see, God, this is what happens when you trust me with this. Um, 30 minutes later, I get an email. We'd like to see you for an interview on um on friday so i go in for an interview after the interview they're like great you've got the job and i'm like wait <laughs> i'm not ready i'm not i can't do this i don't have my teaching credential i don't even have like the test you need to take to be a sub like a qualified substitute um so i sign up for all these tests and i'm like god i, I gotta pass the test otherwise i can't do this i can't be faithful um, and so I don't study for these tests. I take them immediately, and I pass with flying colors. And I'm like, this is just getting ridiculous. Like, I am absolutely, this is unreal. So I start class. I start teaching on the following Monday after I've gotten past all these tests and gotten all these shots to prove that I don't have the plague. Um, and they, <laughs> I get 56 sixth graders, um, 56 wonderful sixth graders, um, but 92% of them were not meeting standard in math. 92% of them were at a one on our standardized state test. That means they're far below grade level. Um, I got called, I can't, I don't know if you can say this in church. My first week of teaching, um, one of my students called me a slutty bitch. And then I sent him to the principal. <laughs> and I was like, look, this is what happened, totally uncalled for. And um, <laughs> he comes right back into my class and sits down. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Like, did you go? Did you get lost? Oh, Mr. Richards. I didn't call you that. I was calling myself that because I was frustrated that I wasn't listening to you. 
okay, God, like this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be something that tests my patience. <laughs> and it did. Uh, and it was wonderful. And it wrecked me. And it pushed me. And it grew me. And I love those kids. And they love me, I think, I hope. <laughs> um, but every morning, there was this girl who would come. Her name was Vivi. And I remember I prayed every morning in my car, like, God, just get me through today. <laughs> Give me the strength to just get through today. And he was teaching me what it meant to lean on him, to trust in him, and to really find my strength in him. And um, Vivi was her name. She would come, as soon as I got out of my car into the parking lot, she would come bolting towards me, like running, full sprint. She's a huge girl. Um, and I, every morning I'd be standing there with my Starbucks, like, oh God, like, this is the day. Like, I just get full, like, taken out. <laughs> um, and... That hug every single morning, not kidding you, that hug every single morning was what got me through because it was God's little reminder of every single day of, Paige, I love you. Paige, this is what I've called you to do. This is how I've called you to serve. I'm going to use you in ways that you have no idea. Um, and it's true. I finally started through that community um, through those students, God's purpose was clear. Pour out his love, his unreasonable, unimaginable, intense love and grace on me and on these students. Um, yeah, so crazy. So I've been in East Palo Alto for the last three years. First year I taught sixth graders and I moved down to fourth grade. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> these guys are taller than me. <laughs> I just think that's going to be a better fit. And so I taught fourth grade for two years um, and just loved it and really felt like God was pursuing me through that job. In fact, one night I was sitting down and praying with a friend in a car. And she was like, hey, you should try this thing called a listening prayer. And so as I was praying, she was like, what do you want to pray for? And I was like, well, the students would be great. Like, I want to pray for my students. And so we started talking praying for my students, and then um, you listen. You sit there, and you just wait for God to speak. And so it was that night, sitting in that car, when I had a, a vision from God, where I was standing in my classroom, and I was looking out in, my, in this vision. I was looking out at the classroom windows, and all of a sudden, I saw flashing lights, like an ambulance or something. Um, and then I stepped closer to the window, and the entire courtyard like, erupted in flames. And then these demonic-looking things <laughs> started trying to crawl through the window. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that listening prayer was cool. <laughs> Let's stop. <laughs> this is weird. This is kind of creepy. Um, but, but I realized in that vision what God was trying to tell me is that he is standing right beside me in that classroom. That this classroom, um, God was kind of assuring me, like, this classroom page is your battlefield. I need you to stand firm and provide a sanctuary for these kids. Because I love you, and I love them, and I don't need to use you. I don't need to, but I want to, because I love you. And I was left there with that question um, from God of, like, will you fight for these students, Paige? Will you stand in the gap? Um, and I said, yeah. I said, okay. God, I trust that you are good. God, I trust that you can use me. And God, I trust that you can be pleased at my obedience to you, despite how perfect or imperfect it is. And when you trust God and when you have those things, I think crazy things start to happen. 
um, because seeing demons crashing against your classroom window isn't crazy. This is what started to happen after. Um, my friend invited me to a startup weekend, the most Silicon Valley thing I've ever heard of. He says, oh, it's, it's education themed. You should come with me. Like, come on, let's go. Let's go together. You pitch a business idea in 60 seconds, and then if people like your idea, you form a team, and then you present your product at the end of the weekend in front of judges, and they rate you. And I was like, all right, you're the businessman. If you like this, I'll go with you. Let's do it. And then God put that same sinking feeling of like, yes, like this is what we're going to do. And I was like, oh, God, no. Because two days before, my friend says, oh, Paige, I can't go. I'm like, no, like, no. I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about tech. I'm a teacher. I'm unqualified. I'll go. And so I go. You give a 60-minute pitch. I'm, like, terrified. I'm shaking the entire time. I'm like, that was crap. Um, and then ends up winning first place at this competition. And I'm like, God, no. Like, come on. And so when you win first prize, you get to, like, participate in this um, program. And so I trusted God with that too. And I've been a part of that program. And it's just so funny to me um, how God will use us when we're so unqualified, so just weak (laughs) in these areas. Um, And what God's saying through that is, yeah, (laughs) you are weak. Yeah, you are broken. Yeah, you're a mess. Um, But I love every single part of you. And I want to be a part of your story. And I want you to be a part of mine. Um, and so, yeah, so I just want to, I want to finish today by talking about, um, talking about one, believing God's goodness, but two, believing that you are, you are qualified in God's eyes to be used by him. Um, and that it's so important that you see your, see your story through the eyes of God, see that that story has value and see how God is going to use you, um. And I hope that my victory is also your victory because we're a church and we're a body of Christ and we're brothers and sisters. And, and I want to be able to come alongside each other and, and say, like, look, I want to encourage you as you stand in the gap in whatever that looks like for you. Um, so I want to challenge you to think about where God is opening doors. What's stopping you from walking through those doors? And who is God calling you to stand in the gap for? Thank you.